Welcome to America's Top Rebbitons. May this class be for Rafua Shalema, for Avigail Peril Bat Esther, Leah Eliana Bat Amuna, and also for Yisrael Reuven Ben Yehudit. If you would like to sponsor a podcast, please email us at atrebitsons at gmail.com. I am so happy to have on today's show, Rebitson Shifra Sharfstein. Rebitson Shifra is the co-director of the Chabad at Georgia Tech and Georgia State Universities in Atlanta, Georgia. She's also an experienced and passionate educator. She has taught students of all ages and backgrounds from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining us. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Hi, it's fun to be here. Thank you. Um, I am really privileged to do what I do, running a Chabad on two college campuses. Um, it's the greatest gift to spend so much time with these amazing young Jewish students who really inspire us all the time. Um, and I also really love to learn and teach. Um, so I've done a lot of classes. I love Beis Chana as an organization. They have a great program for college students, snorkel and study that I teach at. Um, and their stuff online I teach at Chabad.org also. So just teaching, learning, that's my favorite thing to do. And uh, feeding hungry Jewish college students. <laughs> that's, that's the best. It really does sound like you have a really fun and actually really meaningful job. So that's, that's amazing. We're very privileged. Yes, we really love it. Um, I know that one topic that you're really, really passionate about talking about is davening, praying. Prayer is such a beautiful and meaningful way to connect to Hashem, to connect to God. But unfortunately, there are many people who find it difficult to pray for a variety of reasons. And also there are the other people who don't find it important to pray at all. So today I would like to talk about the deeper meaning of prayer and also to address some of the challenges it presents to people and to give them some strategies to overcome their obstacles to prayer so that they can really and truly connect to their creator. So let's start at the beginning. Can you please talk to us about what prayer really is and what does it have the power to accomplish? It's a great question. So I really relate to what you're saying, you know, about struggling and finding the meaning in prayer. So I think I have to tell you my little journey when it comes to just talking to Hashem. Mm -hmm. When I was a young girl, I love to sing. And my father told me that when you dive in and when you pray, you should enjoy what you're doing. You should enjoy the experience. So he suggested I should find a quiet space in the house and sing and enjoy, you know, enjoy the experience of saying the words of prayer and talking to Hashem. So I went into the basement of our house, thought nobody could hear me there. I forgot that there are vents and, you know, I would sing and I would do harmony on top of my singing. And I just really love, I still remember those days, you know, singing the hollow and singing Shema. It was just a really pleasurable, enjoyable experience as a child, just loving to Davin. And then into my teen years, you know, as I went through those really deep personal struggles that teens go through, I used my moments of prayer to talk to Hashem. And I would take my sitter and cover my eyes. You know, I still remember some of those really personal things that I would ask Hashem for. You know, please, I really need to have a good, good friend. Those things, you know, we might laugh at it now, but it was really real then. Um, and I just felt I had this amazing connection. You know, I could just 
talk to the creator. It was very cool. And then I got older and I would say woke up, even though I was probably more woke as a child. And I realized that I was saying the same thing every day. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how could this be meaningful if I'm saying the same words again and again and again? And it began to become uh, like I needed more. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't good what I was just doing every single day. Now, I had a really special gift, which was that my father learned Hasidus with me Beautiful. as an 11-year-old girl to prepare for my bat mitzvah, but not because he asked me to, because I saw him learning and I asked if I could join and he pushed me off and then he said, okay, fine, you could join. <laughs> and I got to see the whole world in an entirely new way. And my father always said, if you learn Hasidus and the world looks the same, like little little plant that you see outside looks exactly the same as it did before, you haven't learned anything. So I had this real gift of knowing that Hasidus has the power to just change the way you see the entire world. And when it came to prayer, to davening, I realized at that moment that I must be able to find deeper meaning in prayer through Hasidus. Wow. So I slowly over time began to collect these little tidbits, these little bits of inspiration. I would be learning, you know, some idea in Hasidus or some concept somewhere. It could be about Yom Kippur. And all of a sudden I would come across this thing about Shema. And I would say, wow, this is something about prayer. And I would collect all these little gems mentally. And over time, since my late teens, um, I've just been collecting all these little bits of inspiration and the journey is never ending because every time I learn and I discover something more um, about any part of prayer, I get excited all over again. Like, wow, there's new inspiration here, something to think about. And when I learn these ideas with other people, I always give a warning because if you like status quo and you're happy with just opening the prayer book and saying the words and then shutting it afterwards, don't learn Hasidus about prayer because guaranteed after you finish learning, it just completely transforms the way you see things and you're going to have no choice but to love saying Shema. Um, you know, even there are definitely many days when I'm just, you know, tired or rushing and I just run through the Shema, but there's always those feelings of, oh, what a shame. Shema is such a beautiful thing and I just wasted it um, because I have this knowledge now of how beautiful each one of the parts of prayer are. And I also know that no matter how much I learn, there's always more and more and more and deeper and deeper to go into every word of prayer it's for sure it's for sure so um when you said that your father was saying Hasidus, was it was it the tanya that he was learning or was there another specific book or what was he studying so the first thing that my father opened up with me was tanya okay it was the later section called shari yuchad Muna, which basically discusses how the world was created and how hashem at every moment is constantly 
breathing life into everything in this world. Um, and my father, for many years, um, before he began to work for Chabad.org, was a software programmer, and he sees the world through that lens. So he would explain to me, you know, like, if you look at a screen that's in front of you and you see a picture, is there really a picture there? No, it's just all these pixels constantly of light, constantly flashing onto the screen. And the world is the same way. You know, we see a world, but really it's just the words of Hashem constantly flashing onto the screen of life that make us think that there is a world around us. You know, it looks real, it feels real, but it's at every moment Hashem constantly flashing the light of life onto the screen of the world. Wow. It's that so was the first thing I learned. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it really like blew my mind. That's such a deep perspective because, yeah, I mean, we're we're filming on Zoom right now and I see you. And yes, I understand we're seeing each other through a computer and it's definitely pixels of light. Um, but I never thought about it in terms of the real world. Like when I you know, look away and I can see the room that I'm in and and, and outside the window and just to think it's really all of the, because Hashem is creating the world at every single second through his words. And that's what we're seeing. Right. Wow. Such a deep perspective. Um, can be. be <laughs> You brought up so you brought up so much in that answer. I, I have one more question based on the answer that that you gave. I want to I want to yeah. know like you said that you found so much deeper meaning in the actual prayers themselves. Is there maybe one deeper meaning that you found either in Shema or Madaani or another prayer that you could share with us, just so we could look at the prayer in a different way? Sure, sure. On one foot, what would be my favorite? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> there's so much, but I'm gonna start way from the beginning. Because I think when you look at the morning blessings, we kind of rush through them and there are so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really believe that today in our world, if we can think about these blessings, we will be as a whole healthier, mentally healthier, emotionally healthier. So much can change about our life just by thinking about these short little blessings at the beginning of the prayer book. Um, and actually when I say these blessings with my kids, so I like to act them out with them, with the little kids, because then they kind of know what they're saying. Like we'll say, um, the first bracha that Hashem gives the rooster, the ability to tell the difference between night and day. So we'll first do cock-a-doodle-doo, like, you know, act out the rooster and then we'll say the blessing. Um, and then I'll tell them, close your eyes. Can you see anything? They'll say, no, I can't see. Okay. Now open your eyes. Wow, you can see. Thank you, Hashem, that we can see. And then we'll say, Pokeach Ivrim. I know that for those who who got the experience of being in Israel in the Museum for the Blind, um, when when you experience life through the the eyes of someone who can't see, um, you just have so much gratitude for the fact that you can. And to be able to tell my children every day to thank Hashem for that seemingly, it's something that we all take for granted because we just wake up and we can see. But thank you, Hashem, that I can see. That's a big deal. So on the surface level, just thinking about the meaning, the basic meaning of those morning brachas is wow. It's, it's, earth shattering. I can see, I can walk, I can stand up straight. I can, 
I have beautiful clothing or just clothing. I have a house to live in. I have um, stability. I have, um, you know, a, a, um, the ability to choose my direction in life. So many basic things that we would we always take for granted. But when you say these morning blessings, it's, oh, wow, yeah, I should be grateful for the fact that I can see and that I woke up and that I have clothes. Um, wow. But my favorite one of all of those is Hamechin Mitzadei Gaber, which means that Hashem prepares the steps for man, which you could just say, oh, Hashem allows us to get up and to walk, you know, and I'm grateful that I can get up and I can walk. We look around and there are people who can't, and we have to be grateful for that. But a, a deeper meaning to that is what the Baal Shem Tov teaches that nothing in this life is by chance. And that every step that we take and everywhere we go, it's because Hashem prepared that path for us. And it's so simple, but so meaningful to get up and say, if I'm at the job that I'm at now, if I'm at the college that I'm at now, if I have the spouse that I have and the children that I have, and I live in the place that I live in, and I have the income that I have, and I'm in the neighborhood that I'm in, it's not by chance. It's because Hashem prepared this path for me in life. And where I am now is where I'm meant to be. And this is what I'm meant to accomplish in my life. So beautiful. So beautiful. I love it. I love it that you said that Hashem prepares a path for us. And that goes for if it's a beautiful, smooth path and everything is going fine in your life. And that also goes if it's a bumpy path, if you're having challenges in your life, Hashem oh. prepared the path for you. And there's, for, there's a reason for it. And the reason is for your own spiritual growth, even if it doesn't feel good. And I, I dare I say, even especially if it doesn't feel good, that, that it's going to lead to so much more growth um, yeah. on your part. So just you want to say that. 100%. Um, so one thing that successful pe people have in common is how they create their schedule and fill their day with their priority tasks. Those people who are truly successful in life include moments of gratitude, meditation, mindfulness, and meaning in their day. They have control over their day rather than their day having control over them. So can you please talk to us about how a Jewish woman can start off her day on the right foot by connected to, connecting to Hashem through the morning blessings for thanking God for giving her another day and another opportunity to overcome her challenges and to learn and grow as a person that, so that she can really show up better for her, her husband and for children and for all those other people around her? Love it. I love it because today, you know, all these people in positions of power have what they call a morning power hour. Mm -hmm. And the routines amongst most are very similar where most get up at 6 a.m. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> uh, I think many Jewish mothers also get up at 6 a.m., not by their choice, but by someone else's choice. Yes, and, yes. Um, you know, they have a healthy breakfast and they do exercise and they read. But what many do is they will not, first of all, they will definitely not look at social media. Um, they'll try to read things that lift them up. Um, some of them will try to like skim through all the news so they know what's going on, you know, generally in the world at that moment. And what's very common is that many will have a moment of meditation. Mm-hmm. 
And that grounds a person and it puts you in the right frame of mind. Um, King David said so beautifully, I will wake up the morning. And that is so empowering as a Jewish person, rather than feeling, well, the morning's here, so I guess I got to get up. You know, everyone's getting up and the morning's waking us up, so I'm waking up. We say, no, I'm the one who chose to wake up my morning. So I am choosing to get up and wake up the world around me. And then I am the influencer right. on everything that goes on in my life. And when we get up in the morning with that perspective, just getting up and saying, I chose to get up and I'm going to get up in the way that I choose to get up. I can choose to wake up with a positive perspective. I can choose to get up and say the moda'ani and think to myself how grateful I am that I am alive today and that I have so much to accomplish today. And thank you, Hashem, for having so much trust in me that I'm going to get done what I need to get done today, so much so that you allowed me to wake up again today. And taking the time to create a stable foundation for our day through a few moments or as much time as you have of prayer in the morning, that is saying that I am in control of my day. If I'm rushing because my phone's buzzing and uh, Instacart is delivering and the pot's boiling and, you know, there's so many different things going on and I'm rushing from one thing to the next, then the day is in control of me. But if I get up and I say, I have my priorities and I'm going to start my day with consciously thinking and saying moda'ani, and then I'm going to take a few moments today before I start business or whatever I need, you know, after kid taking care of, I'm going to spend a few moments thinking about what I'm really trying to accomplish here, a few moments of meditation and prayer, then it's your day. You own it. It's yours. So whatever, and I, I tell my kids this on days that they don't have school and they need to pray on their own. I say, it's not how much you pray, but how you pray. Right. And I think that's so empowering for busy Jewish women to know that Hashem knows what's in your heart. It's not if you get through the whole prayer book, it's, did you feel it? Was there emotion? Was there connection? Did you talk to Hashem or did you just say words? So right. feeling that emotion and that connection, that's what it's all about. Exactly right. It's not if, you know, you don't always have a time to get through the whole davening, but you, if you can get through even one prayer with such deep connection, such deep meaning, it's, it's, it says more than just saying the whole, the whole book of prayers, just totally without feeling. 100%. Very nice. Thank you. Um, and so on the really on the same on the same lines, I mean, women are so busy every day from the time that they wake up in the morning until the time they go to sleep, husband, kids, work, cooking, cleaning, grocery shopping, you name it. The list never ends. What advice would you give to women who feel that with all the tasks that they have to do, they just don't have the time to dive? And let's say they really want to, they really want to connect to Hashem. They really want to do that heartful prayer but they just don't have time even to do that one heartfelt prayer? Like, what can they do? That's an excellent question. So I'll give you two ideas. 
One is that I think with being organized in life, you know, if you have a calendar on your phone and you're able to follow it, it's possible to find five minutes. Um, I relate to that crazy, overwhelming life, you know, having a newborn, having a whole bunch of kids. Thank God, Baruch Hashem, we have seven kids and, and a busy shlachas. And, you know, life gets very busy. Um, and there are always those times when I slip back. For sure, after every baby, I'm like, you know, my prayer, my davening is out the window for a while. And then I'm like, what happened? I need to get back on track. <laughs> um, but trying to carve out five minutes in your schedule, put it, if you're an, if you're the type of person to have a calendar, then, you know, put it on your calendar that from 12 to 12.05, I'm going to be, you know, saying Shimona Esrei. Um, another thing that really works for me is since I was a little kid, I was raised that we don't eat anything before we say the morning blessings. So not the whole prayer, but just those morning blessings, the beginning part of, of davening, the beginning part of prayer. Um, and that kind of ensures that I'm at least saying that every day, that never goes out the window because I need to eat. Right. <laughs> so if not, I'm not eating till I do that. Now, obviously there are crazy situations where a woman just has to eat. Okay. But if I'm, if that's the way I live, that I'm going to make sure that I say those morning blessings before I do anything. So that's maybe a little practical, like trying to put it into your schedule. Another practical thing, um, I was really struggling with this recently. So I kind of made a pact with a friend that we're going to check up on each other a couple times a week. Um, and we send each other a WhatsApp message. Okay. The last three days were really difficult. I only prayed once or I did it two times or yay. Like today was amazing. And I got up in the morning and I did it right away. And just having that friend to bounce off of and to be accountable to, um, so smart. In a fun way, it really, really helps me. So that's something that I'm working on. Um, but another thing I think that's really important for Jewish women to know is that prayer also is not just about the words you say in the Siddur. It's about talking to Hashem. And if you're struggling with something, if your child's going through a difficult time, if you're struggling you know, financially, emotionally, whatever it is, the question always is, did you tell Hashem about it? And it doesn't have to mean opening a sitter. It could literally just mean closing your eyes for a moment and saying, Hashem, I need you. This is really hard. This is what I'm going through. I'm doing my best and I need you to step in and help me. And being able to just talk to Hashem, that's a talent that Jewish women have. We're really good at it. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a talent, it's a gift. It's a real gift. And I think for any Jewish woman to know that you have that gift of talking to the creator of the entire universe at any moment, use it. It's so valuable, such a treasure. Oh, it's for sure. I feel like it's like we have uh, the privilege of talking to the VIP of the universe. Of the CEO of the entire universe. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Yes. 100%. I love and that analogy. You could talk to the CEO of the company. Why would you go to your personal boss? Right. right? Why, why would you try 
to deal with, you know, the nitty gritty when you could just go straight to the boss, the ultimate boss. 100%. And we have that connection. So we we should. We definitely should. It's beautiful. And you're right. It is such a gift for sure. For sure. So that would this brings me to the next question, because I also want to address the other side of that. Um, I want to ask why women don't feel that prayer is important. There's someone who really, really don't feel that prayer is important at all, even to begin with, even if they did have the time. They may feel like prayers for other people, but not for them. They don't feel motivated to pray. They even if they did find the time, they don't feel motivated to pray. And also they might feel like prayer is a man's thing. Are women obligated to pray? And even if they are obligated to pray, why is prayer so important, particularly for a Jewish woman? It's a great question. So that's really two questions is, yes. you know, what should somebody do if they're just not feeling it? And is it something that women need to do? Mm-hmm. So the technical answer we'll have to give first is that, yes, it is a mitzvah for women to daven every day. Um, it is not a mitzvah that a woman has to do as a time-bound mitzvah meaning men need to say Shema before a certain time. They need to put on tefillin before a certain time. Um, women don't have to pray at a specific time of day. However, historically, women did accept upon themselves to pray twice a day in the morning and in the afternoon. And so that is something that's a mitzvah for all women to do, to try to find that time to pray. Um, and to make it a part of your day at some point. So it, it is a mitzvah. Yes, something that women need to do every day. But I don't like to use the word need. I like to use the word get to. Um, because we're privileged to be able to have this relationship. Um, I think to answer the question of what if people just don't feel it? Yes. There are many times that we just don't feel it. Sometimes in our relationship with our spouse, we're also just not feeling it. (laughs) We're not feeling romantic. We're just living life. Okay, I married you, so you pay the bills, I take care of the house, whatever. We just live life. Right. And because I teach a lot of brides, I'll tell them that's going to happen. And what you need to know is that relationships require work. Yes. And that if you're just going to expect that there's always going to be this romantic energy between the two of you, that's going to fade. But if you take the time to do things that spark the romance, it'll be there. You can keep a love notebook where you write special moments, something beautiful that they said to you, something beautiful that they did, or just a note on your phone where you just write the beautiful things that they've done for you. You can keep a little um, album, a photo album of all the beautiful moments that you've spent together, trips that you went on, you know, nights that you went out, just little pictures of the two of you that just spark the emotion and the feeling. You can buy something for the other person, say something nice to the other person that'll just spark those feelings that you had originally. And it's the same thing with our relationship with Hashem. I think that anyone who's married is able to relate more to this relationship that Hashem has for the Jewish people. Just like King Solomon wrote in Song of Songs, um, this analogy between a man and a woman, it's the same thing between us and Hashem. And if we're just going to hope that the romance is always there, it ain't there. (laughs) (laughs) But if we're going to have 
a love notebook between us and Hashem, all the beautiful moments of beautiful things that God did for us in our life. If we'll um, think about the beautiful things that Hashem does for us in our life, the family that Hashem's given us, the healthy body that Hashem's given us, the beautiful world around us, the beautiful array of fruits and vegetables that Hashem put into this world for us to enjoy, just thinking about those things sparks the romance. And then suddenly we begin to feel again, oh, I want to talk to Hashem. And that's where Hasidus comes in really. And that's why in Chabad, there's a custom to learn Hasidus every morning before prayer. Because Hasidus is the meditation. It's the, the opening the love notebook. The thinking about how amazing Hashem is and how awesome it is that we have this romantic relationship. So if you stop for a moment to learn a little bit of Hasidus, then when you actually open up the prayer book to start talking to Hashem, you'll be like, oh God, I love you so much. I'm so happy I could talk to you, <laughs> right? But, but, you know, with the relationship with your spouse, if you're just going to like, all right, you know, I guess we live with each other, so we'll just love each other. There's, it's not going to be anything there. But if you make a beautiful supper and you, you know, put on some uh, nice shade of lipstick and you do something to spark the romance, it'll be there later. So it's, it's got to be the same thing with our relationship with Hashem. We've got to put in the effort. And then the romance will happen during our moments of prayer. It's a really beautiful way of looking at it. I've never heard that before, but you're right. I mean, if we really look at everything around us, you know, our children, our spouses, the trees, the, the flowers, the sun, the nature, like all the blessings that we have in our lives, it really, really makes you think, well, where's all this coming from? And it's coming from Hashem and it really um, sparks the connection, sparks the romance between you and Hashem, so to speak. It's very, very interesting. And I just want to ask one last question, just because I love anecdotes so much. And, you know, many people wonder if prayer really works. Like if I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. Am I accomplishing anything? Am I doing anything? Does it really work? So I feel like a powerful way to share the answer to this question is through anecdotes. Could you please share maybe a story or two, either about yourself or personally, or maybe somebody who you know, who is directly affected by prayer, so by praying? So I'll have to tell you a personal story that just happened. Okay. Um, a very close family member was suddenly unexpectedly rushed to the hospital for an emergency surgery this Sunday. And I totally, I mean, I was very worried. It was a really scary moment. And I automatically divided the Tehillim between my family members and, you know, we, we split up the whole book and then I messaged my friends, um, please, this family member is being rushed into surgery. Could you please stop and say, tell them with your children? And they said they would. And then, you know, a whole bunch of shluchos all around the world. I messaged all of them. Could you please stop for a moment and say to him? And the situation was very scary. And and this person's life was actually on the line. And at the end of the story, they, they figured out what the issue was. And Baruch Hashem, they were able to perform surgery before it was too late. And they really saved her life. Wow. And I am certain that 
the power of Tehillim, of people around the world united for her, saying Tehillim for her, was what kept her here. Um, you know, it was a moment of fear and worry. And I know that Hashem listens. And I know that when Hashem sees so many people all coming together to pray for this one person, there are strings that can be pulled. Even if naturally this was not the course that should have been taken, um, we're able to save someone's life. And, and today with the advent of, you know, WhatsApp, and you can ask hundreds of people at one moment to stop what they're doing and say to Hillem, we have such a powerful network. It's amazing. But that being said, I also want to say that whether or not the things that we prayed for are answered is not the point. The point is the relationship. The point is the connection. You wouldn't say I wasted my time having a conversation with my child because they didn't follow my advice. You would say, I got to bond. I got to connect. And our relationship is now stronger. Wow. And so when we're talking to Hashem, of course we should demand from Hashem the things that we need in this life. That's what prayer is all about. It's about asking Hashem for what we need. But it's also about the connection. And we're not going to say, I wasted my time praying because Hashem didn't listen. No, we got the connection. And that's what's valuable. It's very important. It's that distinction. It's really, I'm glad that you pointed out because so, it's a very it's a very important distinction to know, you know, just because we prayed or just because we had that conversation with the kid who didn't even listen to us, you know, in, in the first place, it's not a waste of time. It's the connection. Like that's, that's the bottom line. It's the connection that we're trying to develop. That's right. That's Beautiful. right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Robertson Schiffer, for taking the time to join us on America's Top Robertsons. We really enjoyed having you on the show and may all the learning we did today be for the Rafua Shalema, for Avigail Peril, Bas Esther, for Leah Eliana Badamuna, and also for Yisrael Reuven Ben Yehudi. Thank you so, so much. Such a pleasure. Happy to be here. Thank you.